You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. Last week while on campus and recording my Full Steam Ahead on the road series, I had the opportunity to sit down with Purdue men's basketball coach Matt Painter to talk about this upcoming season. In our conversation, we talk about the identity for this year's team and that continuing change from year to year. Coach Painter had a lot to say about the team's identity and players finding their niche. Also looked back on last year's memorable run through the NCAA tournament. Take a listen. I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, Coach Painter, welcome to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good, good, good. Hey, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man, especially with the season right around the corner. No problem. And speaking of, uh, several weeks into practice now, getting close and closer to the season. Uh, how do you feel about where your team's at right now? Well, it's, um, it's always tough. You know, you're, you're trying to piece your team together. Um, you're, you're trying to get some things figured out. But you also, through competition, you want them to figure it out. People always look at the coach. Uh, for the answer or for the answers and uh, in reality you know the, the coach is looking and the coaching staff is looking at the players to kind of answer those things you you know within the framework of what you normally do how certain guys can fit in how they can't fit in but there's other um, situations especially through improvement you know guys can get better guys can make some physical improvements. Um, the thing that happens a lot in our sport is guys make some pretty good physical jumps. You know, they get bigger, they get faster, they work on their craft, you know, their skill level improves. But trying to get them to understand the decision-making piece of it, that's something that sometimes will either, you know, stay dormant, um, not make any improvements at all, take a step backwards. A lot of people think just the physical improvements mm-hmm. Are going to make you better when in reality it's normally the decision making in the middle you can get better as a shooter really without improving your physical skills as a shooter even though you're going to always work on it um, just by taking better shots or, or moving better um, or having a better understanding of the game so we're into a lot of that from a defensive principle standpoint offensive execution standpoint where we're really trying to find a, a good group of guys that can play well together and understand what we're trying to get accomplished on both ends. You got a couple new freshmen and the uh, transfer proctor. Right. Getting those guys to buy into a team role or your team concept that you yeah. run so well, especially freshmen who are stars at their high school, and now they got to come in and kind of almost start over in a sense. Yeah, it's um, uh, it doesn't make your job easy, <laughs> you know, because they're they're not going to be initially in those roles that they've been in mm-hmm. at their former schools whether that's a high school or a prep school or a four-year school. It just normally it doesn't work that way, even though it has um, in some instances with other guys. I mean, it doesn't mean it can't happen, but it, more than likely it's not. You know, you have to be able to, to fit into a team concept. You're really trying to get guys to establish themselves so who you can build around. Sometimes you can't build around one or two guys, um, and you're going to have better balance, and they have to understand that. A lot of times they only know what they've seen and what they've been through, and you're going to have different players really emerge um, through those, you know, through competition and stuff. But the younger guys, it's, it's hard sometimes for them to really get on that edge and really compete and play hard because they're thinking so much. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get them to where they know what they're doing so now their physical gifts come out. If they don't know what they're doing, um, and they don't feel comfortable doing it, their physical gifts won't, won't, won't come out. 
It's been kind of a theme the last few years for your team, kind of finding a new identity or a different look than the previous season. Correct. It looks like we're going to do that again this year with Carson Klein and Grady being gone. Right. Talk about the identity and strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, and that's kind of the evolution um, of this time. And sometimes it takes, sometimes teams don't get there. You know, obviously as a coach, you strive to get there at some point, but us mandating some things earlier in the season uh, has, has, has been in terms of like getting the basketball inside, like we're going to get the ball inside more um, than we did the previous mm -hmm. year. Um, the three years before that, we got the ball inside more than anybody. Right. And so I think it's important um, that they understand that. We've really tried to drill that at home, but it doesn't mean that we won't have balance. We won't have guys in, in running certain actions to try to get guys to play to their strengths. And so we're really trying to kind of figure those things out. And um, you have some growing pains when it comes to that. Um, some of your guys, the only thing they understand is how we use Ryan and Carson last year. And then a couple of them saw where we had great balance, where you had a guy like Isaac Haas and Vince Edwards and Carson in Dakota, where you had four guys who mainly are the only four guys we ran stuff for that year. But running stuff for four guys is really a lot. People, sure. people don't realize that, that when you, get, when you become that third, fourth guy, you get a handful of things ran for you in, in the game. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. Um, when you are the guy, um, like Carson was for us, you know, he took the most shots in the country. Like, I don't think we're going to have anybody come close to leading the country in shot attempts this year. But um, it's part of trying to organically let it happen and let it work. Because you'd be surprised. Like, you'll, you'll get some questions answered in a certain way. Um, you don't want to, you know, limit any of your players mm -hmm. in the competitive piece of it. But you also um, will see some things come out as you, as you start to practice that will surprise you both positively and, and negatively mm -hmm. sometimes. And I'm sure preaching patience too, as you know, last mm -hmm. year was a new look last year and got off to a kind of a slow start, but then it clicked and kind of turned around and right. this Big Ten season rolled, yeah. you guys were rolling. Well, we, you know, we want to be aggressive. We want to push the basketball. I think we play an exciting, you know, brand of basketball. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're always one of the, not always, but most of the time, one of the, the teams that either lead the league in scoring or right there one, two, and three. And we've been very consistent through there. But with that, you have to make good decisions. Just because mm -hmm. you push the basketball, it's not a free-for-all. You know, you're pushing the basketball to get an advantage. And when the advantage is not there, now you've got to be able to run offense. So you've got to be able to play fast, but you also got to be able to play slow and have that, you know, that mix um, to you. But with that, when you start the season, I think everybody, every coach would say this in the country, you know, you, you just don't value the basketball um, like you do during organized basketball in the winter. Like when you get to the spring, the summer, the fall, guys put in a lot of time. But the one thing that slips the most is, is people not understanding how important, you know, each possession is. And so, like, it takes a little bit of time um, to get teams to understand that, hey, we want to push it. Hey, we want to be aggressive. But we want to be aggressive with, with numbers and angles. You know, if we don't have numbers and we don't have angles, we got to have ball movement. Mm -hmm. we got to get into what we're running um, and then be able to understand the difference. If, you don't, if you're out there and you're not one of our main guys and you can't understand the difference of that, you're going to have a tough time playing. Mm -hmm. So that point needs to get across um, and be clear to guys because that's, that's what team basketball is all about, mm -hmm. and that's the beauty of it. Um, and so if you don't understand that basic principle, um, you're going to have a tough time finding the court. And defense, right? Yeah, there's, there's no question. You know, I think that goes without saying that, you know, your effort and your energy as a basketball player mm. has to be at a high level. But um, there's days the ball doesn't go in. 
Mm -hmm. and you can do everything right. Sometimes the ball just doesn't go in, and now can you still grind it out and guard people mm -hmm. and have a good defensive group? Um, if you can beat good people when you don't shoot well, and your efforts at a high level, and your energies at a high level, and your team defense is at a high level, um, that's when you're really making yeah. strides. Because the game will humble you. Now, not every day is your day right. when it comes to shooting. You have uh, captains or starters picked out for that first game yet? Uh, we don't have starters picked okay. out. We've, we've worked a lot of different lineups trying to get things mm -hmm. figured out. I'd be shocked if our two captains, Nogel Eastern and Matt Harms, aren't a part of that starting group. You know, They've put themselves in a good position. They're both very good defensive players, uh, very knowledgeable, um, good competitors. And um, you know, I think it's a really good start for our team. How important is it to have guys like PJ and Grady back as um, yeah. coaching assistants this year, especially younger yeah. who have even played with some of these guys? Yeah, well, I think it's you know it's unbelievably invaluable. I mean, just at the, the th they know what's going on. <coughs> they know how I am. Um, they know how we teach things. Just their experiences really help our guys because you know they will validate you know, what's going on. And when guys struggle, you know, guys get emotional. And now trying to get them back and understand some concrete thoughts of, you know, here, here's some things that you need to do to, to help yourself. Like there's, there's always things that's going to get you on the court. There's just, you know, these things are going to get you on the court. Yeah. There's always things that are going to get you off the court. <laughs> and, and having somebody there that you know has got your best interest is trying to help you sometimes. That's, that's, really good so those two guys will do a great job and they're both they're both truth tellers they understand they went through their struggles but they'll they'll be able to away from here and away from a locker room and away when guys are struggling being able to let them know like you know you, you have to be able to, to do these yeah. things or you're not going to put yourself in a great position are you a coach who enjoys the practice and the process or are you ready for november 1st to get here and start playing some games no i'm, I'm i'd rather do the practice <laughs> okay. and the process well, you need time yeah you need time, and through that time, you, you know you're gonna um, be able to work through some adversity. But you also need to start scrimmaging at some point mm -hmm. and playing other people. And so the exhibition game, the scrimmage versus Providence, um, us scrimmage against each other mm -hmm. before we get to that Green Bay game, our first yeah. game. It's really important. You learn a lot of you know, you learn a lot about your team. You learn a lot about individuals. And you know, I've never had a great first scrimmage. You know, I've, you know, some are better than others, but normally your first scrimmage is awful, yeah. and that's terrible to say because everybody always talks about, hey, how are you guys in yeah. the, you know, the, you know, the summer? Oh, we had a great summer. You had a, you know, <laughs> we had a great spring. We had a great summer. Our guys did X, Y, and Z. And in reality, where's the adversity in the summer? There isn't sure. any adversity. Right. So you get to the fall, then everything kind of falls into place, and you're just working and trying to get better, but there's still not a lot of adversity. So when that adversity starts to hit. And now you've got to play a full game mm -hmm. and you have to be detail-oriented and you get held accountable. Now you see all the mistakes that you've made. And so it really kind of gives you a lot of beginning. We try to knock a lot of that out in practice mm -hmm. and show them a lot of practice tape. But for the most time, you know, guys are going to get to that point in like, because in practice, everybody plays. Like, you know what I mean? When you get yeah. to a game and you get to an inter-squad game, everybody plays. And so now when, once you go and play your first scrimmage, your first exhibition, not everybody will play. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it sends a strong message that like, whoa, like I, I thought I was doing okay. Yeah. Well, you, you might be, but it's all relative. You know, it's, you're, you're in competition with the people next to you and you gotta get, you gotta get in front of them. And sometimes when you're close to them, coaches gotta make decisions. When you really separate and you're that much better than your competition, it doesn't matter, you're gonna sure. play. Right. Um, strength of schedule has always been something that Purdue has hammered on. 
with playing tough teams early on right. and you're not you know shy about playing some hard games right. early on to test your team talk about the importance of that it's it's really important because it's you know it used to be your your schedule's getting you ready for conference play and now you play a couple conference games in mm -hmm. December so you know you have to be ready because you know last year we played uh, two games and we and we weren't ready like mm -hmm. we just weren't we were very fortunate we played really good defense at the end of the Maryland game it was kind of a grinded mm -hmm. out yeah. type game and we were fortunate to win that you know we end up tying for the Big Ten you know lead we don't win that game we don't win the Big Ten mm -hmm. and um, then we go to Michigan and we weren't ready to play a team of that caliber on the road we just weren't even though we'd been at Texas we'd been at some different places mm -hmm. we you know we, we just weren't so uh, we want to keep doing that. We want to keep challenging ourselves, and and we're going to have some tough days. There's there's no question that you do that. There's some teams that don't play um, the competition that we do, and they you know they they win those games, and you know they beat people, and they they feel good about themselves. But what it what I like about it, especially when you have those losses, like we lost to Notre Dame, we lost to Texas, um, we lost to Virginia Tech. You know, we had some losses, and I mentioned Michigan, but there are real problems. Like you're like, hey. Like, this is what we have to do to beat Virginia Tech on a neutral court. This is what we have to do to win at Texas. This is what we have to do to win at Michigan, because obviously we're not there yet. And so when we're working, that's what we're working towards. Um, you're always working towards the best. You know, Michigan State's been um, a very strong opponent mm -hmm. in our league, the most consistent, you know, opponent that we've probably had. Ohio State and Wisconsin has been, you know, pretty successful in the 15 years I've been in the Big Ten. But you know, you always have to have a gauge, and I think when you have a great non-conference schedule, it gives you a good gauge. Maybe your record's not the best, mm -hmm. but man, when the Big Ten hits and you're not ready, it's hard because yeah. you get on a losing streak, and man, that that can be the difference it's in the final. season. Yeah, it can be the difference in the season for you. But if you get on a winning streak, now you know we went from a team that struggled to win some non-conference games to being a three seed. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the committee looks at it that way. They're yeah. like, hey, they challenge themselves. They go on the road and play. They play neutral site games. They play quality opponents. Yep. They don't play very many people in the 300s. They don't play very many people yep. in the 200s. And I think when it gets down to, that's the recipe for success of trying to get your team ready and help yourself in the NCAA tournament, but also help yep. yourself in conference play. And it seems to pay off. I mean, you see Michigan State do that year after year. And then last year, you guys, like we said, struggled early on. But then you guys are battle-tested to come tournament. And you right. you hang in that game in Tennessee and, and hold them off. And right. you battle Virginia down to a fluke play, you know? Like, right. So, I mean, I I respect a lot that you do that because I think it gets you ready for those. Yes, no question. And, and it builds confidence with your players. It, sure. it breaks them down when you lose. They're like, whoa, you know, we can't compete with these guys. No, you can't compete mm -hmm. with these guys, but you can't compete with them playing the way you just did. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it, you have to be able to set their minds in, in terms of what's best for us. Mm -hmm. And what happens in the off season is their minds subconsciously get set on what's best for them. Yeah. And it's not like saying that this guy's into himself or this guy's selfish and that's what they're thinking. It's just a natural self-absorption. Yeah. It just is like you just get into it and you work on your game and you want to do well. But who doesn't want Purdue to win their way? Right. You know, we have to, you know, be able to get through some of those tough times, mm -hmm. them to understand. We have to get Purdue to win our way, the yeah. best way possible. Um, and what they have to understand is it's not – I always took it personal where it was like me against the coach, and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. You know, it's – you know, the coach really acts as a CEO in the best interest of Purdue basketball. Yeah. And so 
that's an important thing to try to sell to your guys and say, hey, I'm not, this isn't Matt Painter telling No Gel Eastern what to do because it's what Matt Painter likes. This is Matt Painter telling No Gel Eastern something that he thinks is in the best interest of, of Purdue. Mm -hmm. That gets lost. And, and if you can get that translated and get guys to understand those things, I just use No Gel as an example. He's actually been great with that because he's sacrificed a lot mm -hmm. for us in his first two years here. And no matter what your role is, you know, everybody's going to have to sacrifice. And until you can get guys to understand that, that's why you see a lot of transfers because I think in, in this day and age, the recruiting, like, you know, you have to build a relationship and they got to like you. Mm -hmm. And they get there and now they're like, whoa, this is hard. This is competitive. Mm -hmm. And now you have to be demanding of them to get them to play at a high level because you want them to get mm -hmm. in that position to play. Like, there's not a guy on my team I don't want to start sure. or to, you know, get in the rotation. But, like, you be demanding of them and now all of a sudden they're like, oh, man, I had to <laughs> halfway be cool to, to get you. But then, like, you get here, now you're, you know, you're so demanding, like, you know, what am I doing wrong? You're like, yeah. you're doing nothing wrong. This is just a natural progression. Mm -hmm. But if I don't sharpen the knife here and get them, you know, on edge and ready to play and ready to compete, like, these 21s and 22-year-old guys, <laughs> you know, yeah. are going to rip them apart. And so, like, you know, you have to be able to, to do those things and get that understanding. And so we, we try to be as transparent yeah. as we can in recruiting and transparent as we can when we get them here. Um, and then when they, they do struggle, like you've been honest with them, and mm -hmm. hopefully they, you know, they appreciate that. And they've been for, we've been fortunate here that they they bought into that into your team concept and working hard because we don't have a lot of guys transfer out of here, so that's right. And yeah, that and it speaks for yeah. For knock you. on wood, like you know, you want I want guys to be happy, and even when mm -hmm. guys have come in and talked about something about leaving mm -hmm. or whatever, like I've never really fought them, and um, just like when guys go pro, you know, Carson <coughs> Edwards went pro, and Caleb Swanigan went pro, mm -hmm. and. You know, I, I had no pushback to me because, you know, their dream is my dream. Like, I, I wanted to do personally what they're doing. Mm -hmm. and I wasn't good enough. Um, so to have a very small part in it and try to help them get to there, I think, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I uh, want to wrap up here pretty soon. I know you got to go, but uh, I want to talk about last year's memorable run. How exciting is that for As a coach in the moment, are, are you able to enjoy that or is there just so much pressure and mm. coaching or are yeah. you able to enjoy that run as it's yeah happening? we enjoy it <clears throat> we we spend a lot of time and uh, making our hard work fun mm -hmm. we have a lot of fun here and i think that's something for us that once you show that discipline and that work ethic if you can you know collectively come together and work it it makes the moments more enjoyable and sh even when there's you know a little bit of tension mm -hmm. you know you're going to have some anxiety sure. getting you got young guys and um, but i think you have to be able to show that as a coach, just show the patience and the understanding and, you know, just stay in the moment and do your yeah. job. We've been doing it all year. You know, just stay in the moment. Let's have fun to do your job, put an extra pressure on your players yeah. or on yourself. You know, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to make it better. It's going to make it worse. And so we, we really did a good job, I thought, as a group of just sticking with our execution mm -hmm. and playing to our strengths. And then we obviously shot the ball well. Yeah. When you shoot a lot of threes, <laughs> um, you're going to have games where the ball doesn't go in. You know, obviously at the end of the year, you just hope you don't get in the NCAA tournament and, and, and you have those days, but it happens. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't happen for us. And then, you know, Carson played extremely well. Ryan Klein played extremely yeah. well. And, but we had a lot of, you know, positive um, play across the board. Yeah. You know, I, I thought our whole team played well in the tournament and played together and, and was focused. And, you know, we'd been in back-to-back -back Sweet 16, so mm -hmm. getting to the Elite Eight this year, I think we showed some of that experience mm -hmm. in the tournament. Is, is that make you more hungry as you get each step? Does that make you more hungry? And, and to follow that up, do you 
need that time off after a loss, or do you, are you ready to start the next season yeah. right away? No, you need the time off yeah. after after the end of the season, just like anybody else. Yeah. No matter if you lose or whatever the situation yeah. is, you you need some time to to push back, and obviously you have to go recruiting for a while. Right. But Does that I mean, momentum carry? I think, yeah, I think that's good for the players. I think it's good for the coaches. But yeah, momentum carries. I think there's no doubt that you could build on stuff in recruiting. You can build on stuff as a team, and you see what you can do when you you, know, you play well together and you you know you kind of stick with a, a system mm -hmm. of, of what we tried to we had to adapt to some things uh, we had some major changes but we still as a program and you know our energy and our effort has to be at a very high level and yeah. I thought we did that in the, in the NCAA tournament and the, the buzz around the program I think is at a high level right now you got folks like Chris Foreman and these guys who pu push yeah. this stuff out on social media and, and just keep fans you know excited about the right. game how important is that for you know guys like him and People that are keeping. Yeah, it. I mean, Chris does a great job mm -hmm. for us, the exposure, and but we also have to help Chris and everybody else. We have to do our job. Sure. You know, if you're not going to win and um, you know and handle yourself the right way, you know, just there's a lot of positive things that's going on in our program, but it's also, you know, you, you can't have distractions. Yeah. You know, it can creep up on you. You know, you, if you want to have a good program, you got to work at it every mm -hmm. day. You know, you just don't have a good program, yeah. and then hey, we have a great culture, and it just stays that way. It's like anything that's special. If you want to have something special, you got to keep working on it every day, and that's what we have to do, mm -hmm. and that's what we have to continue to do. And that support from the program goes, even as we were getting ready to walk in this room to do this recording, you run a Coach Shondell out there. Yeah. You guys, it's awesome, as you see on social media or on TV or whatever, the support other coaches have for each other's programs. Right. And, you know, like we just saw that out in the hallway. Yeah. How great is that to just have a bunch of guys who want each program to do well? Right. Yeah, it's cool. You know, mm -hmm. But I think also Purdue is got some things figured out mm -hmm. and uh, we, we have stability you know it's I think there's a lot of institutions out there that right as there's a hiccup or a bump in the road they just switch coaches mm -hmm. and that's a, that's a hard thing yeah. to recover from um, it just is and you know coach Shondell's been here I think 16 years or 17 years and um, so this will be going into my 15th year mm -hmm. so when you have that stability you know you get to you get to know people you get to root for them I think that's that's pretty cool and um, but no it's um, Especially when we, you know, compete against our rival or compete against somebody that's been like a mainstay at the, the top mm -hmm. of our conference. When you can get those type of wins, you know, you're happy um, for other coaches. So it was great other day for us to, you know, to get that win in football because yeah. I've, I've been there. I've been there when you start a season. Like mm -hmm. you need a start. Yeah. Like you need you need to get a start. And so like you, but once you get that start, you got to be able to build on it. Yeah. And they've had such bad luck with injuries. And yeah. so you know everybody's been as a coach in that position. It's like. So now you got some other people stepping up to play, mm -hmm. and in hindsight, you love it because it strengthens your program. And now yeah. some guys are getting some action and some experience that you didn't think was going to get. And now if you can get some people healthy and get them back in the flow, whether that's the middle of the season, the end of the season, next year, right. sometimes in a big picture um, look, you know, you've really helped yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and so at the end of the day, it's about getting better, but it's about supporting those other teams. Yeah. But um, it's, it's just kind of a, a cool thing that we have here at Purdue. Awesome. Last question as we wrap up here. You know, 15, this, heading into your 15th season, yeah. you also got to play here for four years. Talk about um, just the, the honor and the excitement of getting to play and now coach yeah. in Mackey Arena. Well, I think as a coach and as a player, it's something I really try to hit with those guys is that, you know, we're all replacements. If you could take that stance and make sure you understand that you'll you'll really feel um, grateful 
about being the head coach at Purdue. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very grateful about being the head coach at Purdue. The players should be very grateful about being, um, you know, a basketball player, a student athlete at Purdue University. You know, this place is going to keep going whether we're here or not. And so if you can kind of make sure, because you get recruited and like, you know, people come after you. It's mm -hmm. very, you know, you, you start to feel really good about yourself. And when in reality, when you get here, like, man, you're so lucky to have this opportunity. But it'll, it'll twist it the other way, especially in a young mind, to where, like, you guys are lucky to have me. <laughs> and, you know, you got to quickly let them know, like, hey, Purdue won basketball games before Matt Painter was the coach. And Purdue will win basketball games after Matt Painter leaves. Yeah. So you better be thankful for your opportunity and make the most of it. So I try to, like, set the table for them. Um, and make them understand that. And I think once they start to understand that and like see the big picture of it, now they, you know, will make more of their opportunity instead of because it's not perfect. Like when you play basketball and you're, you know, you a lot of times you think, man, I wish I could do this or I could do mm -hmm. that or that they would do this for me. And and when in reality, just make the most of, of what's there. It's still a team sport and understand yeah. that thing. But um, no, it's um, it's pretty cool to be. In this league, you know, be at my alma mater, yeah. be able to play, especially the venues. I love going in, um, even though it's very difficult. I love going into other venues and trying to win. Um, it's it's so hard to win on the road in major college basketball, college basketball period. But in our league, like we've had the best attendance since 1976 mm -hmm. for our conference, and that's pretty impressive because there's a lot of great conferences out there. Um, so to be able to go into some of those venues and win, that's that's probably what hits me the most. Is 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 that feeling of going in there and, and hearing those crowds and, and say, hey, like if you know we execute, we do what we're supposed to, we'll have a chance to quiet this crowd and walk out of here with a win, but we know it's going to be difficult. Is there a place that you love to win in more than others or the, sure. toughest, yeah. play, the toughest place to coach in? Yeah. Indiana, in my opinion, is the okay. toughest place to play. I don't, okay. know, I don't know what our record stacks up compared to other, other schools in our league, but yeah, that's probably the most rewarding okay. um, is being able to play there. That's, that's probably the... Even, you know, going to a Sweet 16 or an Elite Eight or something like that, you know, being able to play, um, you know, there at Indiana against our rival and mm -hmm. getting a win, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good feeling. We've had a lot of success over the last few years, so let's keep that going. Yeah. The, the atmosphere, you hear other coaches say the same thing about Mackey, coming in here and how hard it is, that, that atmosphere. Do you, do you hear that crowd? Or are you so tuned into coaching? Or, I mean, um, just to hear that buzz. And you that. don't always hear it. Um, and it's really loud. Sometimes you'll go back and watch the tape and like you'll hear, you're like, whoa, that's loud. Yeah. Like you're like, you know, you're into your job and you're into doing what you're supposed to. And then there's times where they, they can't hear you. That's when you know that it's um, it's 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 pretty loud and it's a huge game as well. And your players are like, hey, we can't we can't hear you. It's where we um, kind of switched and we started writing things on the boards. Okay. Guys were saying they can't hear us during games. <laughs> so we want to make sure what we're running, what yeah. we're doing, that you know, you know, we're getting that message to them. That's awesome. Coach Painter, I'm so grateful for your time right. today. Thank you so much. And no problem. Can't wait for the season to get started. Okay. Thank you. Again, my thanks to Coach Painter for taking the time to sit down and talk with me last week. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.